0: If you have ever had the good pleasure and privilege of sharing God's word, one of the things that I'm sure that you discovered very early is that God's word is very compressed. That is what may appear on face value as a drab, normal, rather straightforward Portion of Scripture whose meaning is rather clear could carry with it hidden, multi-dimensional, multi-layered levels of information, levels of knowledge, and levels of wisdom. One of the passages in Scripture that I found to always bring out something over the years that I've used it as a text always always brings out something new if I may say is Mark chapter 2 if you read from verse 1 and we'll try to do that all the way to verse number 12 verse number 12 and I read And again he entered Capernaum after some days and it was heard that he was in the house. It's speaking about Jesus. Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. He preached the word to them. He preached the word to them. Then they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men some version says he was carried by his four friends and when they could not come near him because of the crowd they uncovered the roof where he was so when they had broken through they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying when Jesus saw and I think it is good to just note in passing that um, Jesus didn't hear their faith Okay. They didn't talk about their faith. Jesus saw their faith. Jesus saw their faith. Jesus saw their faith. He said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes who were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak blasphemies? Like these who can forgive sins but God alone. But immediately, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within himself, he said to the man, Why do you reason about these things in your heart? Which is easier to say? And I've always liked this bit. Which is easier to say? Which is easier to say? to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you so uh, I think you quickly notice that Jesus acknowledges that the man is a paralytic that he has a physical deformity, let's call it that way I I know these days uh, we don't use that word as much but he is he is not well The Bible says, which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you. Or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk. So this man is paralyzed, okay, that is not good physically, that is not good at all. And I don't think anybody had one iota of doubt why those people had gone all that way to descend him to where Jesus was. But Jesus says, which is more easy? Which is more better? Which is more useful? Which has got lasting effect? I'm just going, I'm just going in my mind. That... Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sin, he said to the paralytic. I said to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed and went out in the presence of them all, so that all, that, all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this never saw anything like this. Well, let me welcome all of us uh, for today's um, Sunday service. Uh, Hoping that all of us had a good week. Great. Uh, Back to the texts. And I want to bring out uh, an aspect here which I think uh, sometimes, including myself, is missed out um, because, of course, we've talked about the way this... Guys came and found uh, the place was jam-packed with people, and there was no room. And um, they went up and tore somebody's roof. I thought, yeah, I mean, that's what you have to realize. You know, I mean, I wonder what they had to tell the owner or the arrangements they made after, because I'm sure there were words that were that were given and taken and thrown back and forth. Uh, this was not their house okay, at all, this was um, somebody else's house and they tore the roof I'm looking at my roof around here and I'm thinking, okay what about that I don't know, we've talked about uh, their resilience in terms of um, refusing to despair, refusing to give up and all that is so true looking at that scripture or portion of scripture or that passage for that matter. So, I mean, and it's true. I mean, these guys had a a faith that is one of the few shining examples of resilience and uh, refusing to despair and uh, going for what you're going for, you know, you know, without um, 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 the option of failure. Let's look at it that way. And that's amazing. And that is true. And that is true. In fact, uh, and that's why I stopped briefly, uh, the scriptures say that Jesus saw their faith. I mean, everything that those people did, the tearing of the roof and, uh, I mean, you can imagine how cumbersome it is to try and descend somebody down, to try and descend somebody down, you know, using either a mat or bed, whatever it is, or a stretcher, which they must have, you know, have put up together, and probably now reinforced it so that uh, it can now do that particular assignment of dropping the guy down to where Jesus was. I mean, it was a lot of work. Uh, but I think one of the things that uh, is missed out, and which I want to bring out, is the whole aspect of these four men, okay, who are also called four friends. And I will try to be brief on this. Uh, I have to use the word "try." Um, what kind of people are these? What kind of friendship is this? What kind of a bond is this? What kind of a relationship is this? F- for starters, they have a friend who, and we are told clearly they were friends. They have a fr- this is not just a relation in terms of, uh, you know, kin. This is not just this is not this is not a brother, per se. And it will still have made good scripture reading if it was a brother. But these are friends. So they are friends with somebody who is paralyzed. Oh my! In this day and age, when people choose friends very carefully, so that they may appear in a certain way. In public in this day and age when friendship is uh, a a way of um, extending ourselves and and of course it's very important for optics who you run around along with sorry to say even in churches we choose friendships often with um, at the back of our minds what Do I stand to gain? I mean, to be very honest, this man was not gaining them very much. This man wasn't gaining them very much. I don't know if he could speak and if he could, that's great. But I don't think this man was gaining them very much. It's a lesson, church. It's a message I really want you to hear that we we should be better. We have to do better that friendship cannot be for those who um, or what's the word I'm looking for? We cannot choose our friendships on the basis of how they make us appear. They have money, they have class, they have status, they talk well, they have reputation, they have platforms, they have certain privileges, and the list goes on, and to some extent, what you stand to get. In that fact, there's a message that is going on, sadly, that says um, hang around people or hang around people or only hang around people. Let me make it much more better. Only hang around people who can advance you. Okay? And I get it. I get it. You know, that um, if you hang around people who... Because that is the way it goes. If you hang around people who... You know, don't kind of provoke your energies or vision or whatever it is, um, you probably are going to be stagnated in life. And some good people have said these things. And so I kind of, you know, feel that um, approaching this area, I have to be very cautious and say this there is a place of being challenged, agreed, but there's a place of challenging others. As much as we need to hang around people who will provoke us to do better, who will advance our thinking by giving us new, better mentalities so that we can be able to reach out for bigger and better in life, there is also a place where we reach down to others and that should always go together. In fact, I feel that it should be a 50-50 affair. In any case, just if we can just philosophize on that, you know, statement a little. What if those people who obviously are better than us, okay, were to decide or reason like we are reasoning, then they would not hang around us to start with because, you know. In any case, I mean, we are we are beneath them even they are having to bend backwards to accommodate us. And so I want to say that this is a picture image of a relationship that is not built on gain, or advantage or, uh, you know, because there's a lot of that these days. In fact, some of it goes so toxic to the extent that people sometimes, and I've seen this in my own life, people hang around you with one intention in mind and it is brutal and it is nasty to one better you, to upstage you. I mean, let me tell you something. I've lived long enough, I can tell you. There are people who, their utmost desire is to upstage somebody, is to make, is to dirty you, is to make you look bad, is to make you look small, is to berate you, is to belittle, is, be, is to besmatch you in public. The idea being that if they quote unquote drop a king or drop a goliath or drop a giant for that matter, you know, that will make them look good. I mean, it's a very twisted logic, very twisted notion, way of thinking that is sick, Okay? And so you have people who always associate with a person who probably they perceive or others perceive to be doing well with the one intention to constantly, you know, kind of uh, pull the rug beneath their feet so that they can be seen to, you know, and, and it's a very political, very uh, narcissistic way of doing things. If you, if you follow what I'm saying, it is it is it is very political. It's uh, um, uh, um it's that statement of uh, if you fight the king, you become a king. You are viewed as a king. If you fight a giant, you become a giant. Okay. And and, and I like what I had one preacher many years ago say that I refuse to totally refuse to totally leave my mind. And this man said something. He said. The sky is too wide for two birds to collide. In other words, if we all attempted, decided to ascend and go up there, up in the sky, where the the <laughs> the eagles soar, huh? you know, all the fighting are down here. All the fighting is down here. All the chickens are fighting around here down here on the ground, you know, looking for a little space. But if we all were to go up, there's so much space. Have you ever thought about it? I mean, just try and look out and just see how much space. It's called space, actually. Let's look at how much space that exists out there. Yes, let me say this. We can all bracket at the top. We don't have to pull down anybody. We don't have to make somebody look that we can all bracket at the top. Now, I want to bring this to a close by saying something. That these four gentlemen are amazing. Are amazing because I think they display some of the most genuine qualities of friendship. And like I said, for starters, they are friends with this man who is paralyzed. Number two, that they, they go to They seek to help him. They seek to help him. I am certain that this was not the first attempt. Even if not to Jesus or this is not their first attempt. You do not go that way in the manner which they did as the first attempt. And so they go all out. No holds back. They go all out. One intention this guy, this is our friend, will get better. Oh my. It makes you just. Because I've been around the church for a while and I can tell you so much needs to stop. So that we can begin to narrow this direction. To be very honest, to be very honest, this this idea of everybody for himself and God for us all. Uh, this idea that it's, I think they call it the me, mine, and I. the huh? the unholy trinity of me. Mine and I, that we have borrowed from the world, has to stop. I heard our president say this, he's in the UK, I think he could be coming back anytime now, and he was saying concerning the COVID situation, because there has been a bit of hoarding of vaccines in uh, those parts of the world, and Africa is really lagging behind, and our president said something so good, he said, look, no one is safe until all of us are safe that's a beautiful way of putting it that no one is safe until of this COVID thing of these vaccine issues please remember guys you have all the vaccines you've stored it you've kept it for yourself in case and it says look no one is safe until all of us are safe. Because again, I mean, we are thinking, what if some of these things mutated and uh, probably some of the vaccines people, you know, are holding are not as, if, as you know, effective. And the same can be said that the body of Christ, the relationship within the body of Christ must be such that Unless in the extreme situation where a person is completely unwilling to pull their weight in any other all factors remaining constant we should make every attempt to flow to move together and I say this because I know that the structure of how God intended the body to operate in was that the body was to heal itself. Let me tell you something. Today, we are thinking in terms of, I went to God, God gave me this, uh, say, hypothetically speaking, 10 million shillings. I went to God, He gave me these five cars. I went to God, He gave me these many, or lots of A, B, C, and D. Now, the rest of my time is to give testimonies and make everybody, of course, with a tinge of making everybody feel guilty. Where is your faith? You don't pray hard enough. You don't uh, fast, you don't tithe, that's why you and some of those things if you clinically look at them, clinically look at them, they're not always true. There are many good people who have done just about everything. Hard working people. So it's not an issue of labor or work. There are many of course the principles in some to some extent may be affecting some. But there are others who have done everything by the book and they're still down. And that's why I'm saying this. Initially, and if you look at the Bible very clearly, you realize the body was supposed to take care of itself. That often when God gives us excess, whenever God gives us beyond our need what is beyond our need is to be shared that's how it was when manna came down from heaven those who took more you know realized they couldn't keep it till the next day and so they had to share that's what happened in the book of Acts the Bible says that those who had plenty they shared and they lived in this environment where where no one had a need no one had a need that's what the scripture says so, the, 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 the thinking of um, hoarding, you know, and then of course now talking down on people, letting them know that, um you know, it's because of my this. Because, let me tell you something, let me tell you something. There are people, truly, 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 truly truly speaking, who, who work harder than us, who wake up earlier than us, who are always out and about. I mean, if you travel the length and breadth of this country, you will see people who are honestly, very giving, very righteous, very pure, very whole. I mean, whatever it is that you are claiming as the credentials, those people are 10 times over and above you. And they still struggle in certain ways or others. And so, I am totally convinced that the reason why God gives us what He gives us is because we are to be the miracle that other people are looking for. Sometimes it's just um, my own personal, you know, relationships with people, that all I need is to direct somebody to another person. And I want to say, you know, humbly, that I try sometimes. And I find it very interesting that, the fact that I've known many people over the years who are in different offices and different places, you know, it doesn't break a bone on my part, it doesn't affect me one inch to simply say, oh, I've got a friend, let me just connect you. And then I call that person and I say, look, I've sent somebody over to you, see how you can help them. And many times over, many times over, you know, what would have taken God knows countless days of fasting is just solved in, in a flash, in a, in, a very, in, a very, in a very quick way. Good people, I don't want to believe at this point. But I really, really, really want to bring us to a place where we can begin to appreciate this. I mean, millionaires are dying and leaving money in the banks, guys. People, how many cases are choking our courthouses today of inheritance squabbles, money being wasted, you know, because families cannot agree about resources. and, um, it's it's a lot, running through and through the years. Oh, may God give us grace. 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 I like the way uh, the late uh, Miles Munro would say. He said, "Die empty. Die empty. In terms of resource. In terms of." Uh, Potentials just die empty. And you know, he would use that very nice uh, statement that the grave is the most wealthy place, you know, because people die with all these things that they should have given out, you know, and and, and all that and all that. So, back to the text, good people. So the Bible says that uh, they carried this man, found the place is jam packed, and said, uh, "Nope, we are not going to despair. This is our day." If it is not our day, it is our day. It is our day. This is it. If if it is not now, then when? I mean, Jesus is here. I mean, arm's length. We can touch him. We can hear him talk. This is it. Whatever it takes. And I love that level of faith, aggression, and persistence. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It is what, it's, it's what it, it takes to be able to make headway in life. You know, one major quality. Persistence wears out resistance. And so they were very creative and very resourceful. And I think that's another way of looking at it. Creativity, I mean, they would have gone back home and said, guys, we tried. We went, we carried him 10, 20, 100 kilometers, found the place, I mean, people would have understood. Who wouldn't, really? Who would it? you know? But then they said, we've come all this way. We might as well just, uh, you know, you know, just, just do the worst if it came to that and uh, creativity is an excellent excellent quality innovation and being resourceful being resourceful is a great quality in this time and age especially now we are living in very lean times with covid and all that jobs and businesses everything affected i think creativity the whole issue of innovating within our own limitation i think it's an excellent thing and may we pray may we pray that God would give us that, uh, you know, inner sight into what could be hidden and what other way, which other way, how we can decode some of, and unravel some of these situations, then we can be able to find a way, so they went and, uh, yeah, whoever thought you can find a way through the roof, they found a way through the roof, and, um, oh, negotiated their way, I mean, I'm thinking somebody probably told them, you know, Do you know what you're doing, and whatever they did, they did, but they got their man down there. So, long story short, good people. I'm praying that God will give us a week where we shall reevaluate friendships. That's just the concept of friendship, and I see some of us dropping some friendships make us look good but they are very elitist and the Christian the Christian man or woman we are not to cluster ourselves in social groups that only make us feel good also okay let me just put it this way but we should cluster ourselves in groups where we can be able to be useful and helpful and beneficial I mean that's 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 the lesson in the entire New Testament Jesus took some 12 people who aren't much and made something out of them I think it will be so nice if you can look back later when you are aged and probably, you know, rocking on the fireplace with your rocking chair there. Look at people who you pulled up. I think that would that, be a good thing. You say the right things, you followed them through, you did something, you participated in their growth and progress. And may we step away from this worldly thinking that friendships must be now because I bought a car, then I am I am no longer relating with people who don't have cars. Believe you me, that's happening a lot. Huh? Now that I have broken into the 1 million shilling ceiling, now I don't talk to somebody who cannot talk million shilling. That's sick. That's sick. Let's Let's realize... In any case, let me put it this way. A day before you became a millionaire. You had no idea that this thing is gonna to come to you. That's I mean what makes us think that somebody is not a day before they become a billionaire? I and, and we've seen it. Okay? No, 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 no. That's not the way to go. I'm encouraging us as Perfecting Saints Family Church. To be a community of people who take a pen and paper at least this week, and I'm encouraging us to look at your friendships very critically. Okay? Okay? Very critically. If you find a situation where there is opportunity to be a blessing, to be a miracle, go ahead. Just do that. I mean, can, let, let me just say this in finishing 431 people this week. Early this week, we were told 431 people in this country uh, committed suicide in only three months. Three months. Another report that I saw, a reliable report that I saw actually from one major uh, organization said that Kenya is one of the most depressed, country with the most depressed people. It's there. And I think it has been doing the rounds on social media. I mean I think they give a they give a number and it was a, some, some serious number. I can't remember if it was top 10 or top 20, but it was a serious, serious, serious you know, number when you think about uh, 7 billion versus our 50 or so million being being rated that highly. It tells you something. It tells you something. Most of those people are really not in need, quote unquote, of finances because I've been around people who have mental, you know, uh, uh, issues and I can tell you, it's not, it's not always finances. Sometimes it's just a helping and listening ear or a helping hand, okay? And so, and so I, I am praying that this week we, we can critically narrow down to one, two, three, four, five people and say... Let me take a journey with this person. Call them. Find out how they're fearing. And just be a friend. And I think this is an amazing example from scripture. Thank you, church. Enjoy your week. God bless you. Be safe. And talk to you soon. Thank you.